The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, a couple of things to talk to you about. First, the quantedge.com. The NFL season is slowly approaching or quickly approaching, actually, depends on how you look at it. And the quantedge.com is ready to get you going in the NFL DFS world. They also got a bunch of best ball and much, much more. It's going to be bigger and big, better as they hit year two of the NFL package. Some great new tools, awesome articles, lineup optimizer, and the member Discord, which will be priceless this season. Preseason's coming around the corner. They got John Proctor and the Power Hour DFS guys that crush preseason NFL DFS. So I highly recommend joining. And you can join at thequantedge.com right now for $149.99. Gets you the entire NFL season. And when you use promo code Bubba, you get MLB free. I contribute over there at the MLB. I write a batter breakdown article six days a week and hang out in the member Discord and much, much more. So go join thequantedge.com. Get the NFL season pass for $149.99. Use promo code Bubba. Get the rest of MLB free. You will not regret it one bit. Also, if you go rating and review on iTunes, I'd much appreciate it. It would help the podcast out a ton and keep this thing rocking and rolling at the, the great speed it's going at now. Until then, this is Bench with Bubba, episode 193, with Jorge Montanez of the Bases Loaded Podcast, Fantrax.com, and much more talking week 17 fantasy baseball. everybody to another episode of bench with bubba episode 193 gonna talk some more week 17 fantasy baseball recent news some potential closer situations with the trade deadline coming up and much much more in order to do so got a first time guest for the podcast you can find him on twitter at jmontanez90 his works over at fantracks.com and he's a part of the bases loaded podcast george montanez how you doing man i'm doing great man excited to, to be here with you um thanks for having me yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, looking forward to it. I always like having uh, new Twitter people, friends on Twitter to uh, 
to mix it up on the show because, you know, you can listen to any other show and get all the same people over and over again. Let's have some fun getting to know each other. And that's, uh, that's the fun of Bench with Bubba, talking some baseball and uh, getting at it. Before we get into this podcast, why don't you kind of I, – I, I said where they can find you at, but let them know what you got going at Fantrax, your Bases Loaded podcast, all that good stuff. Sure. Uh, yeah, so I am over at FantraxHQ.com right now. I do have uh, two weekly articles that come out. I do uh, closer rankings and bullpen depth chart updates. That comes out every Thursday. Um, so that's you know pretty relevant to what we got going on today. And then also every Saturday morning, uh, I have a hitter planner just kind of going over the matchups for the following week. Um, you know, I kind of break down uh, some guys that maybe stand out um, and the schedule. So yeah, that, that comes out every Saturday. And then, yeah, of course, I got my bases loaded podcast. Uh, with my buddies Mike Curlin and Zach Braff, we kind of just started, you know, getting started with that this year. Uh, I think we got about 32 episodes down now, uh, so I'm just, you know, getting excited about, you know, growing in this industry, uh, getting to know a lot of you guys that I've been listening to for a long time now. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, definitely got my got my feet in it now. So I'm excited. That's awesome. I'm glad you uh, you jumped in full force. You didn't just put your toe in the water. So it's good to have. More blood around here. Uh, I wish I could write more. I don't, but I podcast like I'm like a, a madman. But um, yeah, it's good to have more of you guys around and uh, keep it growing and keep it growing because there's a lot of good fantasy baseball minds out there that uh, don't usually try it because they think there's enough people or they think you know the the big boys are, are going to take over the world. But there's always room for more and more people, and you're uh, you're running for it and getting it going. So I'm excited to get to know you more and more and uh, see what else you got because. Your fan tracks works great. Podcast is awesome. So good stuff uh, with you, George. Let's. Um, no problem. No problem. It's true. Like, uh, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. I was there three, four years ago. So uh, you, you bust your butt and you'll get there. So not a, not, no doubt in that at all. Uh, recent news. Some, some surprising news, actually. I was kind of down on Jamison Tyon making any kind of impact on the rest of the season to begin with. But it's official today. He got shut down from his rehab, things aren't looking good, no set timetable. They're going to revisit here in a, in a few days to a couple of weeks, depending on how things look. But it's not looking good for Tyon. Personally, I think he's pretty much done for the year. But you have any takes on Jameis and Tyon? Because it's kind of scary. And if you want to even go crazier with this, we really don't know a bunch now. But if you want to speculate, that's the fun part of this world sometimes. You never know. Like in a dynasty, is he worth hanging on to? What's your thoughts on Jameis and Tyon? Oh man, that's that's scary because you know with um, they were talking about you know if things don't get better soon that surgery was going to have to be a possibility, so we could be hearing you know Tommy John coming up. I mean it's it's a real chance, and and if that happens, we're looking at losing him for all of next season as well. Um, so yeah, I mean it's the out, outlook's not looking very good right now. I I mean I still. I still like the the guy. I still like you know Tyon as a as a pitcher. You know maybe going forward, just yeah, it's not looking too good right now. Yeah, it's not looking good at all. He's done for the year pretty much in my eyes. And yeah, if it's if it's worse than we think, this could be uh, not good, not good at all. So yeah, the, the basically the phrase that came out today is the, they have run its course of conservative care, and that basically did not work. So that's not good. Um, let's go on to the Chicago Cubs. This is kind of a mixed bag here. Wilson Contreras is back from the IL. Something to keep an eye on with him is they're not real comfortable with him catching just yet, at least not full-time. So they already traded for Maldonado. 
You got Caratini, who's been playing pretty well back there, especially offensively. So they're going to carry three catchers right now. The other part of that is that means they had to make room for him somewhere else. And thankfully, Addison Russell is out of Major League Baseball for now. Yes. Um, first off, you know, if you have any comments on like the three catcher situation, Wilson Contreras, maybe it brings more value to another catcher in a, a messy catcher world we live in. And then with, with Russell out of the way, that means uh, guys like uh, Garcia, who's, who's come up and played really well. He'll have more playing time. Boat's still there and a few others. So kind of what's your take on the, the Cubs moves right now? Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, you know, regarding Contreras, um, he's someone who, you know, kind of had a, a down year last year. And then, you know, he, he's looking right now to have been a value in the draft. But, I mean, as far as my philosophy with catchers, I, I kind of always tend to wait on catchers, you know, because it seems to me like these guys are constantly getting hurt. Um, you know, it, it's hard It's hard to count on on a good catcher. Um, these these days and uh, I, I'm typically just my philosophy I I'm tend to be someone who kind of just leaves catcher to the end so I mean uh, you know going forward for the rest of the season if this takes time away from Contreras you know that's that's a big blow yeah no doubt about it uh, have you had any thoughts on Robel Garcia who he's been kind of getting regular playing time of late and now that uh, Russell out of the way might get some more. He, I, I was reading up on him the other day. I actually grabbed him in TGFBI, and then I see he was playing in Italy last year. Quite the story with this guy, but he's tearing up Triple A. He's, he's come on the scenes pretty good so far. Not sure if you if you've looked at him at all because he's still kind of fresh on the scene. But uh, would you have any thoughts on Robel Garcia? Um, you know, right. I, so I haven't really looked at him too much. Um, you know, I know he's he's pretty new. He's got 14 games in so far this season. Um, you know, I do see here he he is has struck out you know almost forty percent of the time so far. So maybe it's kind of someone that you kind of ride a the the streak as it's going. Uh, you know, especially in leagues like TJFBI, fifteen team leagues. You know, um, leagues like that is maybe somewhere where you're going to be looking at him. Yeah, no doubt about it. De- definitely a deeper league play, as he does not have the full time job just yet, but something to keep an eye on. Let's go to the Milwaukee Brewers. This is an interesting one. He got hit around a little bit today against the Reds, got removed from the game, and now Julius Chassin is on the 10-day IL with an oblique strain. We talked about um, Brandon Woodruff on the last podcast. He has an oblique strain. Reports came out Tuesday. They're thinking four to six weeks, which pretty much puts you into September, which means you're pretty much screwed for the most part in fantasy baseball. We don't have the reports on Chassin yet, but he's not quite in the Woodruff category of we need to play him every week. But if you're right. not a Chassin owner, say it's a deeper league, are you just cutting bait with uh, Julius Chassin? Yeah, um, probably cutting bait with Chassin right now. If, if, like you said, if you're a deep deep league owner, that oblique, that's never something you want to see from a pitcher that's typically, you know, tends to be that month plus kind of injury that you're going to lose him for. So um, absolutely. And if you're in a deep league, you probably own him. You know, you, you can't afford to go, you know, four plus weeks you know, losing stats. So you got to cut them and find that next guy. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good point. Is at this point in the season, you need all the stats you can get if you're trying to move up the standings or whatnot. And uh, that's not helping, not helping at all. If he's just clogging up a roster spot and uh, yeah, not good at all. What's not good is the New York Yankees having to place Gary Sanchez on the IL again. 
It um, was a, uh, a a grade one strain, which is not good. He left last night's game. They thought it'd be okay, but it the reports were from Aaron Boom. This is not what you want to hear. It'll be some time before Sanchez is back. That's not good. Grade one groin strain. You know, coming into draft season, everyone was happy. Gary Sanchez this, Gary Sanchez that. He only played 89 games last year. He played 77 this year. Still has 24 home runs. He's looked great, but since he returned from his last injury, wasn't phenomenal by any means. you have anything on Gary Sanchez right now? Because he could be out for a while, and this is not good. Yeah, no, it's not good at all. And I know he's been pretty down lately, you know, so uh, someone like Gary Sanchez, you know, the draft capital that you have to spend on someone like Gary Sanchez. So all you can do right now is really just hold on. Now, if you're, if you're someone who's like maybe in a head to head league and you've got like playoffs coming up, maybe he's someone that you see Maybe find, you know, a trade partner right now before trade trade deadlines are coming up. Maybe you can get something of value for him right now because he's a catcher and, you know, people tend to um, overvalue catchers in my opinion. So maybe you can get something for him for someone that's looking for that potential, you know, late in the season. But yeah, it's definitely a big blow. Yeah, huge, huge blow because, yeah, groin strain, oblique strains, those kind of muscle strains, there's really no set timetable to see how that bounces back. And when you look at the power hitter that needs to, use his hips to get into a baseball and you have a messed up groin, that is not good. Not good at all. And you can definitely probably can't cancel out any kind of catching anytime soon. So yeah, not these, good for, for El Gary. Yeah. These injuries seem to be commonplace for, for Gary. Yeah. It's, it sucks. I always hate using the, the term injury prone, but there's a couple guys this year that are starting to really make me want to say injury prone. And Gary's starting to gain that, that uh, list there. Cause it's just not good with what he keeps doing back there. Uh, let's go to another big blow. This one might be even worse than Gary Sanchez. Joey Gallo, uh, when I made the outline today, he was going to have an MRI on his wrist, so on and so forth. In the last hour or so, reports have come out that they think he might have broke his handmate and will need surgery, similar to what Matt Olson had earlier this year. We've seen Pablo Sandoval, the Gigantes, have had it twice, one on both hands. It's You don't have to live with the handmate, but to remove it, recover, and get your power back, takes time like Matt Olson's been a freak this year uh, yeah. on the normal scale of things um I'd say a minimum there's and this again there's no reports but if he does have this injury minimum four to six I'd imagine six to eight and if we're going towards eight season's over so if, if, if what kind of report do you have to see on Joey Gallo to say you know what he gone yeah I mean if it's that eight week time frame he's I mean Texas is kind of falling out of it. They were kind of a surprise team here in the first half of the season, but you know, as they fall out of it and they sell pieces off, um, if it's like an eight-week time frame, why not just shut them down? I mean, and, and at that point, you probably just have to cut them. Now, we did see Matt Olson is a good example. He did come back, and he has come back strong. So, if it's a little more optimistic, then yeah, you've you've got to hold on to to Gallo. I mean, he's he's someone who has provided great value so far in, in in the first half he you know last year he hit 206 is up to 253 with someone like Joey Gallo I mean yeah that that kind of that kind of jump with that power is, is awesome so I think you know if it's if it's a little more optimistic we get reports um that maybe he, he'll be out a month maybe a little more you you really have no choice but to hold on to him 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, watching the TGFBI waiver wire this Sunday night because some of the fun stuff I tell people a lot on the show is when we go over the weekly ads, it's fun to see how much people spend, the big pickups, you know, kind of help out with other people's leagues, so on and so forth. But some of the biggest things, and we don't get to talk about it because it's not on the same sheet, but if you go look at your roster, is who gets dropped? Because there's yeah. always some interesting drops that some guys just don't have roster spot. Because in TGFBI and NFBC, there is no injured list. So eventually your roster just gets full and you have to make decisions. I, last year I had to drop Matt Carpenter. That did not work well because he turned it around and just burned me badly. But you, you just have to make certain decisions at certain times. I'm curious to see depending on what we hear on Joey Gallo, if Joey Gallo gets dropped in a few places. Because I'll be honest, and I'll ask you this, when you look at it, 253, yes, the average is phenomenal. He he came on the, the season smoking hot. Then he got hurt. Then he came back, played in the All-Star game, went deep there, played a little bit, got hurt again. But in reality, you know, back-to-back seasons of 145 and 148 games, he's played 70 games this year and only has 22 home runs. Would you factor this as a disappointing, like, down season for Joey Gallo? Like, if you drafted Joey Gallo, would you be, like, disappointed right now? I mean, considering the the power landscape that, that we've seen, yeah, I'm actually surprised. I'm actually surprised that he only has 22 home runs. Yeah, so was I. When I looked at it, I was just like, oh, my goodness. I knew he missed some time, but I, I swore he had, like, 30 at the All-Star break. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, and he's someone that, yeah, like before you you think like, man, if this guy can only hit 240, you know, he can hit 60 home runs. And here he is with the 253 average and he's got 22 home runs, which actually really surprises me. Yeah, it, it really surprised me to see that because like you said, everyone was thinking, okay, he's hitting 40 plus hitting like 205. And now he, he's busted out. Like you said, 240 he was hitting. There's one point in the year, I think he's hitting like 265 before he started slumping. And you, you would think, okay, if that's the case, he's going to break Bonds' home run record. Like, <laughs> this is what's going to happen because he hasn't hit singles. This is what Joey Gallo does. Um, but, no, this has changed. It's going to be really interesting to see how this goes. Uh, and when the reports come out here, I'd imagine we'll hear something on Thursday about Joey Gallo that will really kind of perk our ears to see where things go the rest of the season. All right, let's go to Tampa Bay. Yandy Diaz, he's shown signs of life at times this year. This is at least his second stint back on the I.L., if not his third, going back with a foot injury, another 10 days. He's been productive hitting 270 with 14 jacks on the year in 78 games. We're seeing what we wanted to see from Yachty, except he's not staying on the field right now. What's your thoughts on Yachty Diaz and Matt Duffy has returned with Diaz going on the I.L.? Right. So it seems like every time one of these Tampa Bay Rays goes down, two more pop up. You know, you got yeah. Matt Duffy and now Travis Darno is going to be getting – uh, time at first base. So, I mean, Yandy is someone who I was, I was really high on coming into the season as well. Um, b- because, you know, everyone was just hoping that he'd make those swing adjustments given how hard he was hitting the ball. And yeah, if you, you're probably happy with what Yandy has given you so far. Now um, this, this injury does hurt. Um, it's just so hard to see when he comes back, how they're going to, implement him back into to that lineup with now guys like Matt Duffy back. It's just, you know, who, who's getting regular playing time in Tampa? I mean, outside of someone like Tommy Pham. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty I, limited there, that's for sure. Right. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. It'll be interesting to see. And they're still in the race. They might make some trades. 
trades here. They've been rumored to a few people. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out there in Tampa. But I'd like to see them make the playoffs. So hopefully they do go do something stupid. That'd be fun to uh, see them go for it. That's for darn sure. Uh, yeah, last yeah. piece of news. Yeah, last piece of news here. This will kind of lead us into some bullpen talk as well. Um, it, it's news for the fact that Sean Kelly, the Rangers closer at this time or at that time, goes on the IL with an injury described as bicep soreness. I don't know if that's, hey, don't pitch anymore because we need to try to get you healthy and trade you or what's going on here with bicep soreness doesn't sound good. Um, now the rumor is like you have to decide, is it going to be Chris Martin? Is it going to be Jose Leclerc finally getting his job back? I thought Leclerc was going to get his job back months ago and it never happened. He's right. been okay out of the pen, but it hasn't been great. You exactly. do the, the bullpen piece over there at Fantrax. If you had to, to, to break it down, do you think it's LeKirk's job or Chris Martin's job in Texas? Now, I think um, I think it is going to be LeKirk's job. I think he was pitching, you know, the right, right behind Kelly uh, leading up to his injury. So, I mean, I know they have stated before this season as well that that they wanted to see him, you know, earn his job back. And it seems like every time maybe he gets close, he has a bad outing. Um, so I, I think we will see him get the, get a chance to get the job back. I know that they're also um, entertaining, you know, possibly trading Leclerc as well. So that's going to be a situation to monitor. Now, you know, if, if Kelly is out for a while and uh, Leclerc sticks around, then uh, I'm I'm betting on Leclerc taking that job. Yeah, I think Leclerc's the guy that should have the job. I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get the job at the same time watch him get the job for a couple of days and they go and flip them somewhere else because they're, they're out of the race. So it'll be real interesting to see how that all plays out in Texas. But for now I'm with you. I think McClurk's the guy, if Martin's on your waiver wire, get him cheap. You never know. Anything can happen, especially in Texas. Oh yeah. Exactly. All right. Let's talk about some potential closing situations. Uh, you, again, you write the closing article of the bullpen report for fan tracks and with the trade deadline, literally a week from today, it, by the time I record next Wednesday, the trade deadline will be over. Um, there's going to be some bullpen pieces uh, leaving. That's pretty much the talk of the town is people bolstering their bullpen. So it could be closers from non-contending teams going to set up elsewhere, losing their closing duties, so on and so forth. So let's just go through some scenarios. And if there's some that I don't have on the list here that you might have a, a keen eye to or something, you can bring those up at the end as well. But let's start in Boston. Nate Eovaldi returned from the I.L., they say he's going to close. Brandon Workman's been great. He's going to close. They might even go trade for a guy. Who knows? But if things stay the way they are, Eovaldi and Workman in the bullpen, who would you pick to be your guy? Oh, man. Yeah, this this is another tough one because, you know, Eovaldi came back and he had a rough outing, his first outing, uh, you know, back, back from injury. And then, you know, Workman has been shaky the last couple outings as well. So it's tough, and I think um, I think that for the time being, you know, they might just kind of play the matchups. I would hope that Eovaldi eventually gets that job because we we did see, you know, in short sample last season, the postseason, what he could do out of the bullpen, and maybe his stuff does play up a little more out of the pen. Uh, so, I mean, for me, Eovaldi is someone that you know everyone drafted to be a starter. So if you can get that kind of value now, you know, getting those saves now. That, that would be great, you know, and especially, you know, before trade deadlines and leagues, maybe you see who needs saves or, you know, maybe you're, you're okay with saves because you didn't draft Eovaldi for saves. Maybe you can go out and, 
and see, uh, you know, who, who out there needs saves. Or maybe the person who drafted him, you know, someone else drafted him in your league that doesn't need saves. Maybe you can go out there and see what, what it would take to get him. So for me, I'm hoping that Eovaldi gets the job. I think eventually yeah. he, he will if they don't trade for somebody. Uh, but that's that's just kind of my take on it. Yeah, it seems like that's what they want to do. Workman, I think, has kind of been a surprise. Heck, Barnes is supposed to be the guy. Brazier is supposed to be the guy. Brazier's in AAA. They didn't go sign Kimbrell. They've tried everything under the sun right now. So unless they go trade for you know, Will Smith or someone else, I think it's coming out of one of those two. I wouldn't be shocked if it's Eovaldi as well. They paid him the big bucks to be a starter. That's not working. He's got a couple of good pitches. He can rack it up and, and throw high 90s, low 100s even if he has to. I think right. Eovaldi's that guy as well. So I'm with you there. Let's go to the Chicago White Sox. This one's interesting. Alex Colome, he's been outstanding this season. He's been a closer before. Last year, he's more of a setup. Well, he kind of got messy in Tampa Bay, got traded to Seattle. But two years ago, 47 saves. Year before, 37. I was big on him then. I liked him this year. I was pumped when they signed him. Uh, they gave him a two-year deal, I believe, in Chicago. And he's been great. 21 saves again, a 2-3-3 ERA. And he's rumored to be going somewhere. And he can be popular because, again, like I said, two-year deal. He's affordable. He'll um, – some team is going to enjoy. No, he's a one-year deal, so he's a free agent after this year. Never mind. That was a different pitcher from then. So there's a very good chance Alex Colomay's gone this, at this trade deadline. If Colomay leaves the White Sox, now they might not have a lot of save opportunities, but if they do, who are you, who are you targeting there? Yeah, so, you know, Colomay just seems like someone who's just constantly getting the job done. And, you know, so, yeah, yeah I'm with you. He's been great. He's provided incredible value. And now if he's gone, if he gets shipped out of there, the, the guy behind him is going to be Aaron Bummer. Uh, Bummer's been another guy who's been kind of a good, you know, surprise for, for the for the White Sox. He's got a 1.73 ERA, um, you know, almost a strikeout in inning, but uh, it's going to be Bummer. And now a lot of guys were thinking that uh, Kelvin Herrera, because he was kind of in that competition to possibly be the closer coming into the season, um, that maybe Kelvin Herrera would, would you know, maybe take – take over he, he might be that guy behind Colome, but he's been a big disappointment this season um and i i believe he's actually hurt as well right now so yeah it's gonna be bummer if uh Colome gets shipped out of there which is you know more than likely uh it, it'll be bummer and he's someone who i'm picking up right now as well stashing to you know get get those saves yeah bummer is a very good call it's a horrible name for a closer because yeah. if you say we had a bummer last night, that could be a bad deal. But, um, yeah, definitely has some good stuff. He's shown it this season. Herrero is the one I was thinking about that got the two-year deal. But, yeah, he's hurt. I think that was kind of their plan is we'll trade Colomay, we'll put Herrera there, then we'll trade Herrera. Well, Herrera got hurt, so we might have to wait till next year to trade him. But, yeah, bummer would be where I'd be looking as well. Uh, good call on that one. We'll stay in the AL Central, the Detroit Tigers. Shane Green's come out of nowhere this year and just – got the job done. He doesn't overpower anybody. Just continues to get saves, though, on a very bad Tigers team. And there's a very good chance he's dealt at the trade lot deadline. They've tried to breed Joe Jimenez to be a closer forever. Buck Farmer has actually shown signs of life of late. Where yeah. are you going in that uh, Detroit bullpen? That was another tough call. And, um, you know, the, the Tigers are another team that you know, how many save opportunities are they really going to get once they sell their guys off their team that, you know, right now they're probably entertaining offers for uh, Castellanos, you know, some of their bats to go along with uh, Matthew Boyd and Shane Green. Um, but the guy right now that, that I have uh, behind Green is, is Joe Jimenez. Now I know Farmer has, has looked pretty good recently, 
So that's going to be tough. Um, you know, Jimenez, another guy who's who has that strikeout stuff, is just uh, he's really prone to the to to blowups. Um, you know, he he was really shaky starting off June. He's been a little better lately. He did get blown up uh, in Cleveland um, back on the seventeenth. But right now, for me, I think it's still Jimenez. Yeah, that that seems like the guy they've always wanted it to be. Buck yeah. Farmer has been a nasty start, like not a good starter at all. Maybe the bullpen's his calling, who knows. But, yeah, I, I would imagine Jimenez is the guy, but you never know. Let's go to Kansas City. You want to talk about horrible starters turn relievers. Ian Kennedy has 18 saves this year. Ian Kennedy has never been a closer in his life and now has 18 saves. Yeah. Ian Kennedy has played in the major leagues since 2007. This is ridiculous what's taking place this year. And he has a 3 4 ADRA. He's looked really, really good for the Royals. And now he gives them trade leverage. He's uh, he, he, The problem is, is he's expensive, and he signed through 2020, so at least one more year with control of Ian Kennedy. He could help the team out. He definitely can. I don't know what the Royals could get for him. But there's rumors that teams are talking about it because, like I said earlier, people need bullpen help. If the Royals trade Ian Kennedy, like Jake Diekman's look great. They got a few other options there. Who would you be going with? Yeah, well, uh, you said it right there. Jake Diekman, he's been the guy that's been pitching behind Kennedy. He's been the setup guy. So, um, yeah, I mean, Kennedy's been providing awesome value. You know, the first few weeks of the season there, the, the Royals were just such a mess with that. Uh, bullpen with that closing situation you didn't know if it was uh, Diekman or if it was Peralta Um, you know it it seemed like it was a new another guy you know every night and so since Kennedy's gotten that job he's kind of locked it down Um, 18 saves he's been he's been great but it's been Diekman who's been the guy behind him and uh, that's that's who I'm going to expect to to be the guy once uh, you know if and when they move Kennedy yeah that seems like the logical move there and I think it'd be a hell of a move uh, if Deakman's available to grab him, because I really, really think he's the uh, the man to get there. And he's been filthy. I watched even his highlights tonight against uh, uh, Atlanta. He looked ridiculous. So lots of good stuff with that arm with Deakman. Heck, now be careful. They might trade Deakman to a team that needs a lefty specialist. So the Royals, yeah. everyone's up for grabs there. Everyone is up for grabs in Kansas City. So let's keep an eye on that one. They can get real fishy because if they go trade Kennedy, they trade Deakman. I think you're throwing stuff at a wall. Maybe Kevin McCarthy, the other setup man. That's that's, that's a rough uh, rough go of it there. See how that that plays out. Yeah. All right. The uh, last team that I have in the American League, the Toronto Blue Jays. This one's been speculated for a while. That uh, like, well, not even a closer. Marcus Stroman finished his start on Wednesday. Went in the locker room, took his jersey off, and came back out with a t-shirt on. So, and everyone was giving him hugs like congratulations. So that was a. I'd like to see where he's traded soon. But Ken oh, Giles has been very good this year. 14 saves, 1.59 ERA. Little time on the IL, but overall, he's been very, very, very good and will make some team very happy this trade deadline. If Giles leaves town, where are you looking at in Tampa Bay? Or in Toronto? Yeah, so um, like you said, Giles has just had some of the filthiest stuff this year. Um, you know, he's got he's up there with the league leaders in strikeouts, um, ERA. He, he's been great. Now we did kind of get a little bit of that, a little bit of that speculation a couple weeks ago when when it wasn't Giles warming up, it wasn't Giles getting the save. Um, it was about two weekends ago, and it was Daniel Hudson, and we kind of thought, uh, is, is this it? Where's Giles going to go? Is he traded? 
uh, turned out it was a little bit of elbow inflammation, elbow inflammation. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be Daniel Hudson that, to, to be the guy. Now, I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Hudson has moved as well, but um, it looks like, it looks like Hudson will be the guy if, if and when Giles is moved. Um, so yeah, they're in Toronto. That's, that's who I'd be targeting. Yeah. Hudson seems like the guy for now. I think we were talking about it on Twitter after uh, we, I thought Giles maybe was getting traded or hurt. And you found the report that he uh, had sort of blisters or, or, or no, he got hurt with a massage. Yeah. His good old yeah. massages. <laughs> freaking massage. These guys have all the money in the world. They get messed up massages. It blows my mind. Uh, right. <laughs> let's go to Miami Marlins. Sergio Romo has been very, very good. Picked up another save tonight. Um, I've known, I've watched Romo since he was a wee little boy on the Gigantes, but uh, oh, he's going to get traded again. He's going to help a team out. Nick Anderson has been a popular name all year. Uh, Taryn Guerrero's getting set up jobs. If, if Sergio or if and when Sergio gets traded, who are you trying to grab in Miami? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Sergio guy, you know, I'm a fellow Giants fan. I still, I can still picture it in my head very clearly the strike three call looking on Miguel Cabrera in 2012 uh, to clinch that world Very series. <laughs> yes. Um, now, you know, depending on, on, um, you know, they're, they're likely going to move Romo. And uh, for me, the guy behind him is Nick Anderson. He's had really great strikeout stuff this season. So, you know, he's, he's, for me, he's kind of one of those guys uh, with a uh, high upside who's going to be likely taking over the closer job there. Um, he's got a 14.37 K per nine. Uh, so he's, he's got good stuff. Um, I think, I think it's going to be Anderson. That's, that's who I'll be targeting there. I like that a lot. His name has been mentioned a lot this year. Just Sergio's held on to the job. And so maybe right. a trade what, what it'll take to uh, get him out of the way. We'll come back to the giants in a minute, but uh, same with Cardinals. Carlos Martinez started saving games for the, for the Cardinals and has nine saves. Now he's looked actually really good in closing duties as he has not been able to stay healthy as a starter in the last couple of seasons. And now, well, we'll have to see what happens. After, after the Cardinals won tonight, they became – they're back in the race. They're like two games out of the wild card or whatever it is, or or the central, one of the two. But um, there's still a good chance he gets flipped. Andrew Miller's there, the guy they paid a bunch of money on. Giovanni Gallegos has a nasty slide piece. Where yeah. would you be looking in that Cardinals bullpen? Um, now, once – once uh, uh, Jordan Hicks went down, uh, you know, we got kind of, we got word, we got different messages from the St. Louis coming out saying that maybe it was John Gant. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it is John Gant to be that guy. If they keep Andrew Miller in that setup role, if they keep Gallegos, you know, um, in that mid relief role as well. Now, Martinez, like you said, the Cardinals have been playing, you know, a lot better lately. Their bats are heating up and uh, you know, Martinez got three saves you know, this over this last week. Now he has looked a little shaky and I know they've talked about moving him, possibly moving him. So um, that that's one that's going to take a little bit of monitoring. You, you kind of don't really know for me, it, it's going to be John Gant just because they've kind of already said before that he, you know, might be the guy before they made Martinez the guy. Um, so for, for me, I'm looking at John Gant. That's a good call. That's kind of a, a sneakier one, not right. on everybody's radar. So I like that quite a bit. All right, let's talk Giants baseball. First off, it's crazy what's going on by the Bay right now. I absolutely. Did, didn't see this coming at all. I'm absolutely shocked. Um, 
we'll start with the actual closer talk before I probably go down a rabbit hole of Giants talk. <laughs> um, Will Smith, good chance he gets traded. Tony Watson's been good. Sam Dyson's been rumored to get traded. Mark Melanson probably cost too much to get traded. Reyes Maranta's kind of the future, but kind of not doing it this season like he was last season. Right. Give us like a your rankings of like the next three guys because there could be multiple trades in the next week. So, you know, out, outside of Will Smith, now I, I know, you know, we're likely looking at multiple pieces leaving here, but after Smith, the next guy down is Dyson, who, like you said, has been great. Um, then I'd probably rank it Tony Watson, then Mark Melanson, then Reyes Maranta. Now I know a lot of people like Reyes Maranta. A lot of people have speculated on Reyes Maranta. Like you mentioned, he hasn't really been getting it done this year. And, um, you know, for me, knowing Bochi, he seems like the guy who's going to put Mark Melanson in there. You know, guys who have done it before, um, if it is, you know, Smith and Watson and Dyson, who have all been rumored to be going somewhere, um, I, I'm kind of speculating on on uh, Melanson. Now, I know a lot of people are looking at Maranta, maybe stashing Maranta. Um, I think Melanson's actually a little sneakier move there. I like that a lot. I told someone that a couple weeks ago when I was on one of the guests on one of their shows and they had a million Giants questions because at that point they were still a losing baseball team and they're going to sell everybody. And I said the same thing. I said, they're going to trade everybody. Melanson can't get dealt one because he costs too much. Right. And B, Bochi's old school. Bochi likes his veterans that he can quote unquote think. I think he trusts Melanson more than he trusts Moranto because Moranto's been coming in like in the sixth and the seventh where Melanson comes in on the 7th and the 8th. And right. that's kind of what I've noticed lately. So I'm with you on that Melanson take because no a, no one's else you know, that I've heard he's even thought about him as a closer. Like you said, it's Dyson, and then he'll get dealt, and then Watson, then he'll get dealt, and then Maranta's who everybody wants. I think it's Melanson as well. That's what I've noticed the last week or so. When the games have actually started meaning something, you're seeing more of a this is kind of where he wants to go, I think. So I think that's a good call. Now the real question do you think they should sell? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, the Giants fan in me, just having experienced three championships, you know, since 2010, says, go for it. It's Bochi. You know, we've got Bumgarner. Just get into October and anything can happen. You know, I remember taking down the juggernaut of the Phillies in 2010 with that stack team. It's like, you know, anything can happen. Um, so, you know, part of me says, you know, don't sell, but at the same time, you know, I feel like you kind of have to sell. Yeah, at least the the, the bullpen pieces. It, it just kind of makes sense, um, you know. So it's just it, it's tough. It's tough because on, on paper, it's a you know you think this team should not be competing, but here we are. You know, having one. You know, before today it was like seventeen of twenty. So, I mean, just having experienced that even year magic, you know, can that happen? Yeah, can can we turn this into some odd year magic this year? I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's just like this is Bochi's farewell swan song. And I said it on Twitter and I said it at other places. This feels like the movie Major League. A bunch of guys that were not supposed to win, a bunch of guys that are just kind of filling roster. We, we've had like 17 outfielders this year. They're literally yeah. just running through different players to see what sticks and then moving around. And then all of a sudden they started winning and they got confident. It, it's gotten ridiculous. So they're like some of Bumgarner's interviews – about winning and confidence, it just it reeks of of the movie Major League, and and I could see Bochi being the manager of Major League 
smoking heaters in the locker room and stuff. I, I can see all those things happening. But um, I think they need to trade as well. I've been very vocal on that one. That like yeah. if you don't trade Bumgarner, I can get over it because you can give him a qualifying offer. If he wants to get paid more elsewhere, you get draft pick compensation. Okay, I can see that. But the, the the bullpen pieces, heck, if someone wants to get crazy and take Longoria off our hands or something, I'm all like they won't. But if they do, that'd be great. Um, uh, they need to keep rebuilding. All of a sudden, we have four or five top 100 prospects, and they're all hitters for once, which is nice. Uh, yeah. There's more stuff. There's more stuff coming down the pipeline. Uh, I believe in Zahidi. I think he is a great general manager or front office piece. He's done amazing things elsewhere. Just trust them. Like I tell people, it's like the Sixers. Trust the process. Just exactly. sit back, trust it. I, whenever I've had Giants fans argue with me out here, I literally tell them, you see that annoying team in L.A. for the last four or five years and how good they still are? He built that. So right. just let him, <laughs> let him do his thing. Like when we were winning titles and the Dodgers were nothing, basically, he was building that. So – just be patient. It sucks because, like you said, is it would have been one thing if we would have lost 17 or 21 and we were like 30 games out of first place. All then, yeah, burn it all down. But now that right. everyone everyone sees three games out, because the other part is, is you got you're not jumping one team in your three games. You're jumping like five teams. That's tough to do. So it is. And the last part, as I keep mumbling on here, once we get into the playoffs, if we did, all the other teams are better than the Giants. <laughs> So it's like all that fighting to get there and you'll probably just get spanked and be out. And then we would have lost our chance to get pieces. So, yeah. Yeah, I exactly. Hope, I mean, I exciting stuff for our future though. It's very oh, yeah. exciting. The future's looking very, very bright, which is outstanding to see uh, for the Bay area, for the giants. Cause it's, it's, it was rough last year and it was looking rough this year. At least they're making it competitive for Bochy and the final hurrah. But uh, yeah, it's pretty exactly. much a deal. Um, yeah, I haven't had keep... this much uh, fun watching them since, you know, the first half of 2016. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't, uh, like last year, I didn't really make it. I used to be like appointment TV for me every night. I'd at least have it on in the background doing podcasts or something. Yeah. I don't think I really made a point to watch games last year. Starting out this year, I didn't make a point to watch games. I think I've watched at least the last like two weeks of any game that's been on TV. So <laughs> it's been uh, much more like the old days, that's for sure. Um, real quick, before we get on to a couple players at the end, I do have MLB Network on quietly in the background. And Ross Stripling just came out after five innings, and he was talking to the trainer in the dugout pointing at his shoulder. So oh. it could be it could be nothing, but if anybody wants to keep an eye on that one, might be worth monitoring as that could get interesting. It's Wednesday night, and uh, yeah, Ross Stripling could be seeing some uh, a doctor tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, keeping on Julio Urias there. Yes, that's who I was hoping to get the job to begin with, but didn't happen. But good call there. Your eyes would be very, very nice. All right, let's get into some kind of I, – I put a, a three three hitters, three or two pitchers that have been really, really good since the All-Star break. And I just want to get your opinion because we don't know. It's, it's only been like almost two weeks. But what do you think? Is it is it a hot streak? Is it legit? Is it, you know, bail on this? What What are your thoughts on what's taking place? And we'll start with A. Eugenio Suarez, who has just been a monster hitting 333 since the 12th of July. That is 3-6, 12 games. The last 12 games in 333 with seven home runs, a 502 Woba. He's looked very, very good. Do you believe that this is the A. Eugenio Suarez of the second half, or is this just a hot streak? 
Um, you know, just taking a look at at Suarez, you know, in the streak here, starting you know the beginning of July, I, I'm seeing you know a little bit of changes. You know, he's he's up to his fly ball rate. You know, before you know before July, it was at 37 percent. Now it's up to 50 percent. He's pulling the ball a little more. One thing he's doing more is is striking out as well. Um, you know, before July 1st, he was striking out at 25% of the time. Now it's up to 34. Now, you know, he's not this good. Um, he, he, he's not this good you know, in the way he's been hitting in July. I do think that it's a little bit of regression to what we were expecting. Um, I do think it's going to, you know, eventually it's going to come down. Uh, he's going to settle in. Uh, because he can't sustain this with you know striking out that many times, but it looks like he's making a concerted effort to get the ball out of the park. Um, so I think going forward, uh, you, you could probably expect a little bit more power, um, but maybe you know temper expectations though. Yeah, he's not going to hit for this average with the power. I'm pretty happy about the thing I've liked the most watching him on daily, talking about him on my DFS show during the, the weekdays. He's doing a lot of this for his right-handed pitching which he does not usually do. So that's something that very, very much got my attention. And Great American Small Park in the summertime is something to be very excited about. So, yes, the oh, yeah. average, the average, not so much. But this power, he could be in for a monster, like, four to six weeks here of this home run derby, which would be amazing. All right, Robinson Cano, I, I had to mention it because, yes, he went deep three times yesterday, went four for four, three home runs. Uh, but even so, before that game, he's, he's played 10 games since the break. The previous nine games, he'd hit safely in six of those nine, which for Cano was actually decent. So in yeah. the last 10 games, he's hitting 340 just to start the year. Now, to, to hit home runs like this the rest of the year, probably not. He'd be a much better fantasy asset the rest of the way. Yeah, you know, I, I do think so. Cano is actually someone who... Um, I really liked coming into this season, uh, given, you know, I know he missed 80 games um, prior, but uh, batted ball data looked really good for Cano, even at, you know, age 36. Uh, I, I like I like him going forward. I do, you know, he did mention, I believe, that his hand, he had gotten hit on the hand a couple times, so that was bothering him. Um, er- everything kind of looks looks in line with his career numbers, though. His, you know, exit velocity, uh, looks in line with his career. He is pulling the ball a little more um, this month. Um, you, you look at the, I, I take a look at the, you know, Statcast data, and it's looking like, you know, his expecting batting average is 270. Right now, it's 254. Um, his expecting slug slugging percentage is 441. Right now, it's at 418. So, yeah, I, I think Cano is going to be a pretty good value going forward, actually. Yeah, I think there's a lot to finally like there. It's been a while since we've seen Cano, like it was a really rough year for Robbie Cano besides not running out ground balls and pulling hamstrings yeah. and all that. He just, he wasn't productive at the plate. So hopefully this is a sign of things to come. Lastly, Enrique Kike Hernandez of the Dodgers was smoking to start the season. Just couldn't get out at all. Then it got rough and there was like rumors that they might just start sitting them and there they have so many pieces, this, that, and the other. Well, he's played 11 games since the break. He's hitting 424. He's hit safely yeah. in eight of the 11 games, four extra base hits. Um, you know, he's not even stealing bases right now, and he's got that in his tool shed too. Are we thinking that we're going to see a better Kiki down the way here, or is it just going to be another streaky type uh, second half like we saw in the first half? 
Yeah, so I know he started the season off on kind of a little hot streak. And, um, you know, it's looking right now, I'm taking a look at his numbers. Everything else just kind of seems in line with his with his career. I know that he's made a little more effort to uh, hit more fly balls. Now, you know, the, the only difference I'm seeing right now is his hard hit rate. But that's kind of up across the board for all every hitter. Now, as far as, you know, the rest of his numbers go, everything just kind of looks exactly as it did last season. I think, you know, the the only thing we're going to see here is maybe a little bit more power, but you're kind of getting that everywhere else, right? So right now, as far as the average goes, for me, it looks like a little bit of a hot streak. Um, now in that time, since since July, you know, since uh, we turned the calendar here to July, he's got a 410 BABIP. So, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's not going to be sustainable going forward. Um, I kind of just think we can expect a little bit more of the same from Kike, just um, – probably a little more power, maybe eight or eight, seven or eight more home runs. Yeah, that's probably about right. That sounds pretty good for Kike. He's in a little bit of a hot streak, but he'll still get the playing time. He plays all over the field with Chris yeah. Taylor out. That'll help a ton as well. So a couple things to keep in mind there. A couple of pitchers to talk about. This has just been since he came over to the Braves. So a total of seven starts. Dallas Keuchel has a 3-5 ERA, a 3-9-4 XFIP. He has thrown five or more innings in every start. He's given up three earned runs or less in all but one start. He's struck out five or more in three straight. I just can't figure it out because it seems like every time I turn the TV on, someone's spanking a ball against him, but he's getting an out for it. Are right. you believing in Dallas Keuchel right now? Like I, like the numbers look okay, but I just what I see on TV does not match what's in front of me right now. Yeah, no, I, I don't believe. Um... I don't believe in this Dallas Keuchel right now. I know his ERA looks good. It's a 3-5 ERA so far. Um, like you said, the the FIP and XFIP are a little higher than that. For me, this last performance, the 12 strikeouts against the Royals, I mean, that that's an outlier right there, you know, 12 strikeouts. You're not going to expect that going forward from Keuchel. And you take that start out, the FIP actually goes up to 5.24, and the XFIP, XFIP goes up to 4.48. So, I don't know. I mean, a little better. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, you can't expect this last performance. You can't really expect that for Keiko, and he may be someone who, you know, like you said, every time you watch him, it looks like someone's smoking the ball. And uh, it might be an opportunity to sell high right now if someone if someone's not noticing these things. Oh, I would sell as fast as you could, people, because Absolutely. I'm just not a believer in Atlanta during the summertime with Dallas Keiko. It's not like yeah, that at all. Last guy I want to mention here is Tyler Molle. He was pitching really well early in the year. It's been ugly of late. Like the month of July, he's made four starts. He's gone four innings or more in those starts, no more than six innings. Four earned run, run, run runs or less than three or four. Five Ks or more in three or four. So those have been good. Outside of one really rough start in Colorado, the yeah. month hasn't been completely bad. Like it's not been great but not bad. The biggest thing I wanted to mention, and Colorado inflates it, but even if you look at the game-by-game game log on fan graphs, like over the month of July, a 7-3 ERA with a 3-5-1 XFIP. And his XFIP's like half of almost every outing he has, or at least a good run or so off on every outing he has. So there there looks to be some positive regression coming. Are you a guy that wants to believe in Tyler Molly the rest of the way, or is this just stay away? He's in Cincinnati. I don't want anything to do with this. I do, actually. Um, Molly is someone who I've actually picked up a couple places. Um, I'm, I'm hoping for some positive regression coming in the, in the second half now. Uh, it, for me, the the starts that I've watched from from Molly, it just seems like there's that one blow up inning that he'll run into. You start the game off good, and it seems like there's just that one inning that he can't get out of. Um, 
I, I think it's going to turn around here. Like, you know, he's got the 4.93 ERA, but the FIP and XFIP are lowered, 4.32 and 3.81. Um, he, it looks like he's gotten a bit unlucky. He's actually in the bottom 10 among qualifying pitchers and left on base percentage with 67.7%. Um, I, I like the progress he's made from last year, the strikeout percentage up, um, the you know ground ball rate is up, uh, fastball usage is down. So that's, that's a big one. He's actually someone who I think I might be targeting going to, uh, to next season's drafts um, late as a possible breakout for next year. Like. I like it. Yeah, Molly was the guy I was kind of streaming earlier of, of late, but I like the enthusiasm on that one. Something to kind of hopefully take with you, uh, maybe a streamer later in the year or in the next season, as you said. So some good stuff there indeed. All right, George, that'll wrap us up on this episode of Bench of Bubba. It's been a pleasure. Before we actually sign off, why don't you remind everybody where they can find you and what you got coming up? Yeah, this was a blast. Um, I had a ton of fun. Again, you can find me uh, on Twitter at jmontanez90, and you can find my articles over at fantraxhq.com. Uh, like I mentioned, I, I do the closer rankings and bullpen depth chart updates. Um, those are coming out every Thursday uh, this week, and next week are probably going to be some pretty big ones. I'm not sure how relevant it's going to be going forward after that, but this week and next week, you're definitely going to want to take a look at that. And then I got the weekly hitter planners uh, coming out every Saturday morning. Uh, so, again, just taking a look at the next week, see who's got the matchups. I break down, you know, left-handed pitchers, right-handed pitchers, who you can target. Um, and then, uh, yeah, check us out at, at the Bases Loaded podcast. Uh, we just got started this year. My guys, uh, Mike Curlin and Zach Braff, we all got started uh, before the season. And, you know, if you would have asked me three months ago if I'd be, you know, writing over at Fantrax HQ and, you know, on Bench with Bubba, I would have said no way. So, you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. If you're getting started in the industry, just, you know, grind, grind at it. That's all um, I, I got to say. Put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. It's been so, fun. So, so, so true. That's uh, some wise words that are spoken from George. But uh, thanks for joining me today. Again, like, I appreciate it. And uh, we'll do it again sometime. Absolutely. Had a blast. Yes, most definitely. Everybody go check him out on Twitter at jmontanez90. And the podcast is Bases Loaded Pod. This was Ben with Bubba, episode 193, talking on week 17 fantasy baseball and much, much more. Catch you guys later.